Welcome to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. Join us in our campaign and shenanigans as we explore the subterranean labyrinths, plunder hordes of treasure, battle legendary monsters. This podcast will be following our gaming group and the adventures of these characters, as well as a few guests from time to time. Join us as we start a new campaign and our journey to experience the best, and maybe the worst, in the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok's story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here from Creative Plan Podcast Network and D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. So... For a while now, I've been wanting to do a little segment to help uh, bring the old D&D to the new D&D. And I wanted to come up with a little little segment that we do every now and then called On the Origin of D&D Species. Basically, I want to cover the evolution of creatures from 1st edition D&D, 2nd edition D&D, and all the way up to 5th edition D&D. Usually picking a creature and two or three of the Monster Manual books, going through them, doing a quick review, homage, comparison... And just uh, sharing with you guys a lot of the stuff you may not have known of, of the old Dungeons and Dragons. A friend of mine, I actually shared a picture of the old monster manual I have that's, that was printed back in 1979. And she just had a gas looking at the pictures. So I figured, okay, I'll touch up the pictures and share them with you guys as well. So you can see what the artwork used to look like versus what it looks like nowadays. So, for the first episode of On the Origin of D&D Species. I actually had another creature picked with a group really 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 requested that I do it with them so that way they can all join in the laughs and giggles so for our first one it will be the red dragon or like in the AD&D manual back in 1979 said red dragon draco conflagurato horribles the frequency in which you would run into them rare number appearing one to four the armor class was negative one by the way, back in the day, there was a thing called Thacko to hit armor class zero. The scale for armor classes were a lot more complicated and mathematical. Nowadays, they just make it a number from 10 up. So be thankful that D&D made life a little easier for us. Their movement is 9 inches or 24 inches, which, by the way, that translates into the classic feat. Hit dice was 9 to 11. Back then in D&D, everything was considered to have a 1d8 for their hit dice, with the exception of players. So monsters had a fairly consistent number of dice. So in this case, it would be between 9 and 11 d8s. The percent of them being found in their lair was 60%. Their number of attacks were 3. And the damage from their attacks was a d8, a d8, and 3d10. Special attack, breath weapon, and possible magic use. And back then you had a percentile list that there was a 75% chance of speaking, 40% chance of using magic, or 20% chance of sleeping. The classic red dragon's size was about was a large creature about 48 feet long. And as the descriptor goes, 
The red dragon is usually found dwelling in great hills or mountainous regions. As with most others of its species, they make their lairs in subterranean caves and similar places. They are very greedy and avarice. Of all evil dragons, this sort is the worst, save for Tiamat herself. A red dragon is able to attack by means of claw, claw, bite, routine, or by breathing a cone of fire that is nine inches long by three inch base diameter. Speaking, red dragons are 40% likely to be able to employ spells. For each age bracket the dragon has attained, it is able to use an additional spell. At the first two ages, the red dragon gains one first level spell. At the next two, a second level spell is gained. At the fifth and sixth ages, a third level spell is gained. And at the last two ages, the fourth level spell is gained. Thus, an ancient red dragon would be able to employ two spells each of the spell levels one through four. And uh, if for those of you who have the old-fashioned monster manual, one of the descriptors that I really love in the dragon section is the fact that they had rules for subduing a dragon. Subduing a dragon. An attack on a dragon to subdue and thus capture it may be opted for if such intent is announced in advance of combat. And then it goes on to describe who can... Basically, none of the good uh, metallic dragons can be captured. And the value of a subdued dragon. Larger towns and cities will usually have a market for dragons. If a dragon is sold, it usually goes out of the game, although the referee may wish to assign it to someone of his special non-playing characters whom he runs for the encounter in the city. The selling price of a subdued dragon ranges from 100 to 800 gold pieces per hit point. The price is subject to advancement by the referee. Offers are typically determined by rolling an eight-sided die. Subdued dragons can be ridden. Length of subdue. A dragon remains subdued for the indefinite period. But if the creature is not strongly held, well treated, given ample treasure, and allowed to ample freedom, it will seek to kill its captor and or escape. The older and more powerful dragon, the less likelihood of it remaining subdued. Likewise, an intelligent spell-using dragon is not likely to remain subdued. In fact, the latter sort of dragon is likely to attempt to take over its captor and rule his holdings. So it just goes to show you. Owning a pet dragon may not be the best way. So, that's going to be the Red Dragon from the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons Monster Manual, printed by Gary Gygax back in 1979. Let's move on forward to the second edition of Dungeons & Dragons. In this case, my Monster Manual was printed in 1996. I won't tell you what I was doing then, but uh, I was definitely playing Dungeons & Dragons. The Red Dragon. The climate that you find them typically is tropical, subtropical, temperate hills, and mountains. The frequency in which you find one is very rare. Mostly you find them solitary or in a clan. Their diet is special. They're exceptionally intelligent, usually ranging from a 15 to a 16. Their treasure is special, and their alignment is still chaotic evil. Typically the number appearing is 1, but can be 2 to 5. Their armor class is negative 3 base still in the Thaco system. Their movement is 9 or 30 flying or 3 jumping. Their hit dice is now 15, still a 1d8. So they've seemed to, from this, from the first generation to this generation, they have gotten tougher. Their Thaco is 7 for a 9 hit dice version. The number of attacks is 3 plus special. The damage they do in an attack has gone up. It's now a 1d10, a 1d10, and 3d10. So now they do more damage on the output from those mighty claws as well as have a higher hit point. And for their descriptor, Red dragons are the most covetous and greedy of all dragons. 
forever seeking to increase their treasure hoards. They are obsessed with wealth and memorize an inventory accurate to the last copper. They are exceptionally vain and self-confident, considering themselves superior to not only the other two other dragons, but to all of the life in general. When red dragons hatch, their small scales are, are a bright, glossy scarlet. Because of this, they can be quickly spotted by predators and men hunting for skins. So they are hidden in deep underground lairs, not permitted to venture outside until toward the end of their young stage, when their scales have turned a deeper red. The glossy texture has been replaced by a smooth, dull finish, and they are more able to take care of themselves. As the dragon continues to age, the scales become large, thick, and strong as metal. Red dragons speak their own tongue, the tongue common to all evil dragons, and 16% of halfling red dragons are, have the ability to communicate with any intelligent creature. The chance to possess this ability increases by 5% per age category of the dragon. So we've definitely gotten more deeper texture in the fact that red dragons are definitely greedy guys. Sounds like a, a certain dragon we know that used to live under the mountain. So, let's move on up to the 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons. Now we have a lot more categories with dragons, going from the Wormling, Young Red Dragon, Adult Red Dragon, and Ancient Red Dragon. We're going to stick with believing that the Adult Red Dragon is what we're talking about here. Here we go. Now, what used to be a large dragon, Adult Red Dragons are classified as huge and chaotic evil. The armor class is now 19 due to the large armor. One huge change that we see is their hit points. Their hit dice is now 19d12 plus 133, bringing them up to a whopping 256 hit points. Now mind you, most weapons have not changed that much in Dungeons & Dragons, so the damage output is not much higher than it used to be. Which means dragons are definitely getting harder and harder to kill as we evolve in the system. The speed is 40 feet, climb is 40 feet, and flight is 80 feet. So the dragons have definitely gotten faster. When it comes to attacks, they have the multi-attack still keeping with the three attacks, but now they have the frightful presence. Each creature of the dragon's choice that is within 120 feet and aware of it must succeed on a DC 19 wisdom save or become frightened for one minute. Also, their breath now is a 60 foot cone. Each creature must make a deck save of 21 or higher or take 60 points of fire damage on a failed save, half as much on a successful. So as we definitely can see, from first generation to the fifth generation, dragons have not only gotten tougher, going from 9 to 11 dice, up to 15 dice, now up 19 12-sided dice, plus 133 extra points. Dragons now are more dangerous than ever. So like I always say, folks, be careful. Their dragons about. And I hope you guys like this. Let me know what you guys think. I'm going to post it up on TMF Tuesday. Let you know you guys know. I do know the crew has got a really special monster that they want to do as a group. So that one should be fun. And also I wanted to let you know, keep an eye out for our Patreon site. Our uh, patrons will be the first to get to hear some of the new Lady Knights of Adventure. We've got a new gaming group that meets at Tucson Games and Gadgets on Ladies Night. 
and it's going to be an all-female playing group. We've got some really fun things to look forward to. There's going to be a magic castle. There's going to be a bunnykin paladin, a, a dwarf priest, a half-elf bard, and a few other troublemakers in the group. I'll try to get you a few teasers to let you know, but all of our patrons on Patreon.com are going to be able to listen to the three-hour session zero that we had last week, and that's pretty much going to let you know exactly how we're setting the tone. So if you want to support us on Patreon.com, you guys will get a, a little bit of an early listen to see what we have coming up. Like always, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And remember, be careful out there. There be dragons about.